Jesus said, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So ends the reading of God's word. Let's pray together. And Father, we do acknowledge this, this is indeed your perfect and holy word, and we pray that you would open our ears and our heart to receive it. We pray that you would be with me and that you would give me your words um, Nobody needs to hear what I have to say. We want to hear your voice. We want to be encouraged by your spirit, built up and equipped by your holy word. So please do that this morning. Humble us before you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Friends, forgiveness of sins is one of God's most precious, most glorious, greatest gifts that he gives to his people. And if we pray this prayer that our Lord taught us, pray it in sincerity and truth, with uh, wholeheartedly and honestly, it's a, the natural and necessary next petition that we need to pray to our God. It's a, it's a gift from our Savior that he taught us to pray this particular petition, because when, when we pray that third petition, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, if we're honest and sincere in that, we realize that we are asking God to make his will, his perfect, pleasing, revealed will, make that, bring that into effect, and that begins with us. It begins in our own hearts, and our own lives. But if we, even just for a moment, consider God's revealed will, how he commands us to live, how he pleads with us to live, we recognize that we don't do it. We, we break his commands. We do our own thing. We ignore it, or we don't even pay attention to God's will. And so there's this gap. So we ask God, may your will be done. We ask God, apart from you, I can do nothing. Work in me, that's what's pleasing in your sight. But there's this unresolved tension about all the times that we didn't, all the, all the things that we didn't do, whether intentional or unintentional. And if we consider that first, that first petition, we pray, hallowed be your name. And even in sincerity, we, we want... God's name to be hallowed. We want his reputation to be magnified and glorified. And if we consider it seriously, we recognize that God does that primarily through his church, through each one of us in the body of Christ. But again, if we consider even for a moment our own lives, our words, our actions, how even we treat even our most precious loved ones, we know that we are we dishonor God's name. We, 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 we bear false witness to the love of Christ. And so we have this unresolved tension of what, 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 what do we do with that? What, what, what do we do with that disconnect? 
Does God just overlook it? God just say, well, you know, they can't do it. So, you know, it's fine. Well, I continue working. Or is there, is there some kind of resolution that needs to happen? And in our consciousness, we feel this guilt, well, this, this inability, this discontent, this consciousness that the Lord has given to us, knowing, knowing that there's something wrong, knowing that there's something inadequate to this. And what's more, if we even back up in the prayer just a little bit further and we consider who we're praying to, our Abba, Father in heaven, we realize that breaking God's will, that's breaking our, our Father's will. Dishonoring his name, that's, that's our Father's name, the one who's loved us, the one who continues to love us, who will always love us, who loved us so much to give us his only son. And so there's this relational brokenness. And like most kids that disobey their parents and do something that they know is wrong, we tend to want to flee and run away and or harden ourselves or say, you know, what do you expect? And yet we have been given the gift of forgiveness of sin. And Jesus draws us into that. He draws us back to our Father to say, no, no need to run, no need to hide, no need to feel guilty. Ask your Father to forgive you. He's merciful. He's kind. And this gift of forgiveness is so wonderful because it is a gift that restores us. It reconciles us. It removes guilt from us. And brothers and sisters, forgiveness of sins is the essence of our salvation. It's the essence of our salvation. And it's so important. Yeah, John Calvin said that um, the, whole, the whole of the gospel, our, our only hope could be summarized in these two concepts of repentance, that's confessing our sin and returning to the Lord, and forgiveness of sins. It's essential to us. But let me ask you, how, given its importance, given the, the beauty of this gift, the wonder of this gift, are your prayers saturated with repentance and confession and asking God to forgive you? I... Of all these petitions, every one of them has this layer of complexity and difficulty once we truly get to understand them. But I, th I tend to think that this fifth petition, forgive us our debts, may be the most difficult for us to truly pray. And I think that this, we ask, ask the Father to, that his kingdom may come and that he would wage war and he would conquer us for ourselves. And this Petition gets to the heart of the most heated battlefield in this conflict between kingdoms. Because what, what is it that we pray in this petition? What, what, is, what is the heart of it? Well, it begins with a heart of a question of authority. Who has authority to determine what you must think, how you must live, what you must do? 
If we are coming to our Heavenly Father and saying, forgive me for my debts, forgive us for our debts, we are acknowledging in humility that God has authority over us. That we're saying he has, he has authority, he has a right as creator of all things, as the creator of us, as the one who sustains our very lives, the author of life, that he has the authority to determine what is true and what is false and what is right and what is wrong. And we are acknowledging, Lord, you are right. But it's a little bit more than that. It's recognizing that we must submit ourselves to it. And so if we're confessing, forgive us for our debts, forgive us, that means there's a level of humility in understanding, not just acknowledging God's authority, but seeking to understand what is it that he actually says, taking the time to consider God's law and to really think about it from a standpoint of this is how God calls me to live. This is, he wants my, my speech to be like this. He wants me to be focused on these things. He wants me to pursue him in this way. So it's a humility of taking the time, reorganizing our time and our thoughts and our lives in order to understand it. But then comes the humility of self-examination. The humility to want to, to take the time to say God is in authority and I must examine where I measure up to God's holy law. But not just self-examination on the, on the surface. It's truly evaluating, truly thinking about what God has said. What am I actually doing? And if we do that for even a moment, we will find ourselves wanting. We will find ourselves missing the mark. And this petition draws us in to say, I was wrong. Those are three, three of the hardest words for most of us to say. I was wrong, and I am sorry. Notice how it's a, it's a personal request. It's not, he doesn't say, uh, pray, Lord, may my sins be forgiven, as it's this impersonal against some abstract standard. He says, our Father in heaven, forgive us. I'm sorry. Forgive us. And it's, it's a, a recognition that we have offended our Father, the one who loves us. It's a personal offense, a personal attempt at reconciliation. It's coming back to our Abba and asking him to forgive us. But what, what's more is it's, it's a recognition that we can't do anything to right the wrongs that we have committed. Um, he, Jesus uses the, this term, debts. Forgive us our debts. And um, if you look, if you see the same prayer in the book of Luke, um, Luke uses the term sins. And if you look a little bit further in verse 14, uh, Matthew uses the term trespasses. So we have trespasses, sins, debts. And those are all referring to the same thing. These are... Um, sins against God's holy law. You know, things, whether intentional or unintentional, things 
where we failed to do what God commanded us to do or um, did what God forbade us from doing. And each of these terms essentially mean the same thing, but they add a little bit of different color. Uh, the term sin tends to mean uh, missing the mark. Uh, think of a bullseye and an arrow is shot, and it's not in the bullseye. It's either to the right or the left or too high or too low. Um, every sin that we commit is missing the mark of what God calls us to do. Or, or trespasses uh, suggest that God draws a boundary mark uh, between the place of blessing and the place of harm and a place of glorifying God and the place of dishonoring God. And our, our sins are trespasses, whether we're doing them intentionally or not. We're wandering across that line and we don't know it or we're doing it willfully or whether we're doing it in in our, our thoughts or words or actions, we're trespassing it. But this, this term, debts, that adds a, a whole new color to our sins. We know what debts are. Like you get a mortgage, your mortgage is a debt. It's something you owe. God. You need to pay it back. You're indebted to a creditor. And, and the sin itself is not the debt. The sin creates debt. What is that debt? Well, sin, let's talk about what this is. So sin is against the almighty and infinite God. And we, we are mortal creatures sinning against the creator of the universe. It's an infinite debt. It's a debt where the, the, the one who has authority over all things, sovereign over the universe, the King of kings and Lord of lords says, do this and live. And we say, no. The one who gave us life and we're telling him, no, we're going to do something else, whether we did it intentionally or not. It's a debt that is an infinite debt. And the Apostle Paul makes clear that that debt is, the payment of that debt is death. It's a debt of our very lives. He said, the wages of sin is death. So therefore, when we sin, we deserve death. That's what the Lord told Adam. He said, don't eat that tree. On the day you eat that tree, you will surely die. But it's an infinite debt. It's a debt we can never repay. Uh, think of that uh, parable that we just read. It's this uh, worker who owes this debt of 10000 20-year sentences, our debt is much greater than that. Um, let's put it like this. Let's say you steal something. God says, do not steal. Now, you've, you've stolen this thing. Maybe you have a, 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 a case of conscience and you return what you've stolen. Well, that's good. You should return what you've stolen, but you're still a thief. You've still broken God's law. You haven't undone what you did. Now, let's say, you say, I'm never going to steal again. I'm resolved. I am going to be obedient for the rest of my life, which you should, which is good. But all those acts of obedience, that not stealing, all you're doing is obeying what God has commanded you to do. You're not doing anything to that original theft. You're still a thief. You committed that because God's standard is perfection. He didn't create this world for sin. He didn't create for rebellion or disobedience. And God's word says he cannot let the guilty go unpunished. He cannot. Every sin must be paid for. He must have justice. Or God is just. Beloved, how, 
how much do we excuse our sin? How much do you excuse your sin? What you and I need to realize is that every sin that we commit, every lustful look, every coveting glance, every bitterness, every time you disrespect your parents, every time, it, in, it, is, it incurs a debt against the holy God. And, and there are two ways to deal with that debt. You could either seek to repay it or you can be forgiven of it. And judgment says that that debt must be dealt with. So if we choose to repay it, it's like that guy who was thrown into prison until he could pay the last debt. The only way that you and I will ever repay us, even the most slight, the most innocuous, in our minds, sin against God is eternity away from God's presence. It's eternity away from the author of life. We've sinned against the author of life. He takes our life and says, have eternal death. Away from the giver of every good and perfect gift, the one who blesses us with everything, devoid of every blessing. Do that. Repay the debt, and you can be free from that prison, and it is eternal anguish and eternal agony, and there is no way to pay that debt back. No way. The only way that we have any hope is forgiveness of sins. And that's what Jesus teaches us to pray. He says, pray, forgive us our debts. It's throwing ourselves at the mercy of the judge to say, have mercy on me. I cannot repay. Beloved, that is every one of your sins. And if you sinned only once in your entire life, that is what you must do in order to escape the pain of hell forever. We sin each and every day. We have to have this humility to beg for this forgiveness and to recognize the greatness of the gift. And um, forgiveness, you know, throughout Scripture, it gets all sorts of different terms. You know, cover over my iniquities. Remember my sins no more. Cast them as far as the east is from the west. Probably the best one for this particular case is essentially an accounting term. You know, the Lord is the best accountant. Uh, he's a perfect accountant. He, he knows each and every one of your sins. He remembers them until they are dealt with. He's not going to let a single one pass. He knows every thought before you've thought it and every action that you'll ever done. But he promises to blot them out. This, that's the term, blot them out. It's an accounting term where the creditor would have a list of debts. And when the, the debtor paid off the debt, they would blot out the debt. And that's what David prays in Psalm 51, that great penitential psalm. He says, blot out my iniquities. And that's what the Lord says that he'll do. He says, I, even I, am the one who blots out your iniquities. He says, I have blotted out your iniquities. It is a, it is a, it's a gift. But what we have to realize, what you and I have to realize, beloved, is that God doesn't just blot them out without payment. It's not the way that it works. It's not like he just says, well, you know, it's a well-intentioned act of repentance. He's confessing his sins. Uh, you know, I'll be nice to him. I'll overlook this one. The sin still needs to be dealt with. 
The only reason, friends, God blots out iniquities is because of what his son Jesus Christ did. That is why he sent Jesus Christ to come. Because when we are forgiven because Jesus paid for your debt and my debt on the cross. That is why the Son of God had to lay down his life for you, to pay this infinite debt, this debt that you could never repay. It was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The eternal Son of God laid down his life for you. Do you understand that when God blots out your sins, it is with an inkwell filled with the blood of Christ, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his Son to pay that penalty for us. Your sins were paid for. And you see how wonderful this is? This, Jesus is teaching us to pray this before he's even done it. It's God's eternal purpose, God's merciful character from all eternity to forgive us. It was there in the Old Testament, and here, and here Jesus is teaching us to ask that our debts would be forgiven, and then Jesus according to the will of the Father, went to the cross to secure that forgiveness and to pay those debts. And it is because Jesus has done this. That's why John can say, when we confess our sins, our Father is faithful and just, just to forgive us our sins. He's just because he's, he's already exacted payment from his son. He's crediting that to us and he's forgiving us of those sins so that it's no longer an issue between you and the Lord. It's wiped clean. It's cast as far as the east and the west. He's covered it over. Friends, if you have never confessed your sins to the almighty God, I urge you to do so. Jesus taught us to do so. If you have not done that in sincerity, asking him to forgive you on the basis of Christ's sacrifice on the cross for you, you are still dead in your sins. And you will die an eternal death for your sins. But Jesus teaches us to ask, forgive us. Forgive us. And it is yours. And even for us who have put our faith in Christ, I mean, who is this? Who's praying this prayer? Who's he teaching it to? It's to children of the living God. It says, our Father in heaven. Father, we, have a, we, we can still continue to sin even when we are in Christ Jesus. I know you know that. I know you feel it. I certainly do. We continue to have a debt, but it's a different kind of debt. It's a debt of love and respect and honor to our Heavenly Father, not a debt that must be repaid over all eternity, but we have a debt to honor our Heavenly Father. And when we sin against Him, as much as we want to do what's right, uh, we feel that disconnect. We feel that tendency to flee. And Jesus says, don't flee. Don't flee. Your Father is merciful. Just say, I'm sorry, Abba. And hear him say, fear not, for I've redeemed you. 
I've called you by name. You are mine. He forgives. And we, all we have to do is ask. That's the glory of the gospel. We just simply have to ask. He doesn't say that we have to ask and then repay it. Like uh, our deeds of, of uh, seeking to do God's will, that's not a repayment for our sins. Christ has paid everything for our sins. But that's part of the humility, is recognizing that there's nothing we can do to earn it back. We, we can't earn this forgiveness. We have to accept it. But it's a little bit more than just asking, isn't it? We have to be transformed by this mercy and this forgiveness. We have to recognize the greatness of the gift and live like it's true. Because Jesus adds this addendum to this particular petition that isn't there on these other ones. He says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. It's this caveat that he adds to this petition which makes this petition what St. Augustine, the, early, the ancient church fathers say, that this is the terrible petition of this prayer. Because he is, he is saying that if we pray this prayer with an unforgiving heart, we are actually asking God not to forgive us. This is not to say that we cause God to forgive us through our forgiving heart. This is the response, the necessary response for those who are forgiven in Jesus Christ. Most of us know the name John Wesley. I think he's responsible for some of our hymns. Brother of Charles Wesley, uh, 1700s English preacher. Early in his ministry, he was a missionary to the American colony of Georgia. And when he was there in Georgia, he met uh, General James Oglethorpe, who was the founder of the colony of Georgia, and Oglethorpe was known as being this prideful man, and, and he said, um, I never forgive. And Wesley said to him, well, sir, then I hope you never sin. Charles Spurgeon said, unless you have forgiven others, you read in this Petition in this prayer, a death warrant every time you pray the Lord's Prayer. Thomas Watson said, the Puritan, he said, a man can just as well go to hell for not forgiving as he can for not believing. This is what our Father says. We must understand the precious cost. Our forgiveness is costly. It is an act of an act of revulsion in our Father's eyes to see those who are forgiven and extended immense grace to squabble over the little things that we are offended with. And we know the argument. We want justice. We want person to pay back what they've done to us. Brothers and sisters, we have to be very careful about what we ask for. Mercy triumphs over just a judgment. What we are asking for with justice is judgment. Our Savior said, with the measure you use, that measure will be extended to you. When we want justice. We want the wrongs to be righted. We want to hear that we were right and they were wrong. 
We won't. God will use that same standard for us. Our forgiveness is, when we forgive others, that is a sign of the forgiveness that we have received. It is a, is a recognition that the Spirit has truly worked in us to be able to reflect the love of the Father who has forgiven us. Are the people in your life that you are withholding forgiveness and yearning and longing for justice and judgment? Beloved, don't let your desire for justice now get in the way of your forgiveness for all eternity. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Be like your Father in heaven who is merciful. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they're the ones who receive mercy, not because they're merciful, but those who receive mercy will be merciful because we realize the greatness of the gift, that we've been forgiven the 10,000 talents. We're not going to squabble over the pennies. How do we do that? Beloved, it requires humility to recognize, to start by by looking at the greatness and the majesty and the holiness and the purity and the perfection of the Almighty God and to, to read his word with humility and honesty and to say, this is what the standard is and I haven't lived up to it and what do I deserve and what have I been forgiven and realize what God has given you in his son Jesus Christ, that greatness of that gift and let that transform you. Realize how can I possibly hold Forgiveness back when I have received the greatness of this gift. Let that work in you. And we forget. We forget the greatness of the gift. That's why it's so wonderful that we are able to, to confess our sins and, and consider the law each and every Lord's Day. It's why, why we're intent upon doing this. We are so prone to excuse ourselves and overlook the importance of humility before our God and to forget the greatness of the gift. But beloved, don't, don't wait for Sunday. Daily self-examination. Daily repentance. Daily humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God is what we are called to. The life of a Christian is a life of repentance. Just as we need to long for the daily bread of Christ and to be nourished by him day after day, you need to be nourished and humbled each and every day to come before him and to, and to recognize the gift and also just to rec recognize who we've offended. We've off offended the holy God. And who are we? What do we really deserve? Do we really deserve justice? Do we really deserve to be treated like we want to be treated? And beloved, this, this is the way it's through repentance and seeking our Father's face in Jesus Christ. This is how he, his will is done in us. It's through the repentance, turning back to him and walking in new life. That's, that's how we, we honor him and, and hollow his name and are conformed to the image of Christ. That's how his kingdom is advanced in us. That's how he conquers us. In his love. And we need this day after day after day. But beloved, also know this. Just like with every other one of these petitions, 
We have forgiveness now, but we are longing for the perfect forgiveness forever and ever. We, you, you and I, we, we ask for forgiveness today, and this afternoon we will be up to our old tricks and sinning yet again. We'll be growing in these micro steps, and then we'll, be, we'll ask for forgiveness again. And our Father's told us 70 times 7, over and over and over again. He's never going to turn us away in grace. And we're growing little by little, but, there, but our forgiveness is received by faith. We, we can't see it. It's, it's hidden. It's, it's a confidence that we have in Christ Jesus by faith. But one day, beloved, when we stand before the judgment of Christ, he will declare openly and publicly, forgiven, and your sins will be cast as far as the east is the west forever and ever, and you will never ask for forgiveness yet again. And when we pray, forgive us our debts, we are yearning for that, the day to be perfectly purified in his presence and to rejoice in the perfect forgiveness forever and ever and to sing hallelujah, Lord Jesus. You have done it. You have paid my debt. Beloved, this is the gift that we have. This is why we must pray. Father, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Let his love and his grace and his mercy change us all as we walk by grace. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Forgive us for forgetting it, for doubting it. I pray that your mercy would dwell within us and change us. Help us to be a forgiving people and a merciful people and to give you glory every day of our lives. Thankful for the gift that is ours in Jesus Christ. Thank you for that precious gift, his precious blood, his life, for ours. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.